Reclaim Your Brain podcast. I'm Dr. Liz Rook. I'm a certified life coach and rheumatologist, and I'm here to show you how I combine science, coaching, and psychology to solve stress and worry for me. And now I want to show you how you can do the same to enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. It's time to stop struggling and have more fun. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Today, I want to talk about giving yourself permission. And this is something that usually we look for externally versus internally. And therefore, I think it's extra important when we're talking about it in the context of your mindset and taking back your power and reclaiming your brain. I know I do this, so I'm not the only one. But giving ourselves permission, especially in the context of resting, relaxing, and reclaiming things like fun, play, joy, and creativity in our lives, because that's often not the focus. I just took four days off of everything, basically of life, to road trip home from Montana to Colorado with my husband. And I can tell you that in the past, this would have been a huge struggle for me to not be working on my coaching business, to not be posting on social media, inspiring other people, to not be connected with that aspect of myself, or to not be doing constantly because my body was not comfortable with just being, and it always wanted to be doing. And maybe you can relate. And a lot of times this is really subtle and we don't notice it until We sit down in the evening to relax and we feel ourselves being a little bit fidgety or wound up or we tell ourselves we need a glass of wine or we need a really hard workout or we need to eat something to be able to quote unquote relax, right? Or we take breaks during the day to scroll on social media or to watch a Netflix show on the weekends because we can't just be We have to be doing constantly. And I know this is a problem for a lot of women, especially those of us that are really driven and type A per se, because our society and culture perpetuates that our worth is attached to our work and our productivity and our output and our results, right? If we're not seeing our kids as successful and thriving, then we're bad parents, If we're not producing at work and meeting deadlines and making our clients and our patients happy, then we're not good at what we do. If our husband or spouse or family isn't happy and satisfied and okay, then somehow we're failing in some way. And this is how I felt for most of my life. And this is one aspect of where coaching and thought work has really created that space of awareness for me and helped me to untangle and unravel it. And one of my biggest lessons has been to untangle my worth from my work, my worthiness from my productivity, and to separate being from doing. And for me, the last year has been about learning to relax and reclaim what I like to do and what my desires are at the root kind of soul core level and go back to what used to bring me joy, even as a child. And so for me, that was relaxing and reading a fiction book where I can escape into the story and just become part of the story that's being told. 
And sometimes it's going out in nature and taking a walk or a hike without doing, without consuming a podcast or feeling the need to like talk on the phone while I'm doing it and multitasking to be more efficient because efficiency and time management is very important to me because I want to do it all. I want to see it all. I want to be it all. And when I was able to do and see and be from a place of love and compassion and abundance of my time and energy and efforts versus scarcity of nothing I'm doing is ever enough. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not cramming enough in. My to-do list isn't done. That shifted everything for me because multitasking, and this is kind of an aside, multitasking is BS. You're not actually being more efficient. You're actually being less efficient. And when our brain is constantly three steps ahead of us, it's worrying about the future. It's thinking about home when we're at work and work when we're at home. It's telling us all the things that we haven't got to yet and how we're not enough and we're not doing enough and we're not being enough. That's causing us to lose our focus and be less efficient, which wastes time and energy and effort. So even when you're doing an exemplary job, you don't get to celebrate it. You don't get to enjoy it because you're not in the moment being there with it and being the person who's achieving it. And so to the same end, when we're trying to relax, but we're constantly thinking about how we feel guilty that we're sitting down or we're reading a book or there's five other things that we need to be doing, we're not able to fully relax. So... With that being said, I want you to consider what you might do if there was magically no one else around, no one to take care of, no work or anything you had to do, or even nothing that like was work-related or laundry-related or house task-related, what would you do? Just you. Imagine maybe a day or a weekend, or if that makes you too nervous, just a couple hours. But if you can, imagine a whole week where it's just you. And whatever you want to do. What would you automatically start doing just because you thought you had to? What would you instead want to explore? Would you want to go somewhere or would you just want to be still and sleep or do nothing? Would you want to experience boredom? Would relaxing be uncomfortable for you? And I've learned in my journey that anytime I'm feeling discomfort, There's some growth there if I want to go in that direction. And so when I used to make myself lie on the couch and either watch TV, which I think personally is a huge waste of time in my brain, and just even noticing that, I was like, huh, huh, because sometimes I do want to watch TV and for it to be mindless. But for me, when I actually was able to slow down enough and truly embrace relaxing, what's relaxing for me sometimes is meditation, sometimes is a walk. Occasionally, it's a nap or watching something on TV, but a lot of times it's reading a book or just sitting outside in the sunshine or taking a hike with my dog. But I just want you to ask yourself, what would you do? What would you want to do? What would be fun for you? And what would you not want to do? What would be like gone off out of your mind? What would you never want to do again? And where are you rejecting or judging yourself already for even having these thoughts and these ideas, for even daring to imagine what you would do at that time? 
And this is where I want to give you permission. Because if we're not creating space and possibility for us to change, we never will. And the first step of that is just awareness. Just awareness if you're willing to lean in and be uncomfortable when you want to change. And then deciding that you actually want to change and giving yourself permission to make that decision. And then third is giving yourself the permission to commit to something you truly want more of by any means necessary. And I'm not talking about, you know, abusing yourself or someone else or walking away from your life altogether, unless that truly will serve you with love. I'm talking about permission to imagine, permission to daydream, permission to expand your sense of self-concept and what you want in your life from pure desire, not from have to, not from should, not from I ought to, but what do I want to create more of in my life? For a lot of us women, that's just space and time, either to ourselves or with our family or like a lower conflict at work or a sense of expansive, luxurious space to maybe just sit on the deck and have a glass of wine or to read a book or to go for a two-hour walk or run or to have a beautiful dinner uninterrupted and savor every bite or to have a date night with your spouse or with yourself, whatever you can imagine. But you can't create it unless you give yourself permission to desire, to want, to expand, and just create that little bit of space in there and just hold on to it. Just kind of come back to it every day this week and just sit there for about five minutes and just see. And I consider these seeds, right? So if life is our dirt where our flowers grow, these ideas are the seeds of our deepest desire. But if you don't water these seeds, they don't grow and they will never bloom but I want you to know that they don't die. They hang out inside of you. They're part of you. They're in there. Maybe you've been ignoring them. Maybe you've pushed them down. Maybe you haven't given yourself permission to open that door, open that box because you're afraid to be disappointed or feel let down or you're going to judge yourself for even having those desires to begin with. And this is the work of awareness, my friend. This is what we do in a coaching conversation is we sit together and explore all of this. And from awareness, you get insight, you get clarity, you tap back into your truest self that is born out of love and connection with both mind and body. And it's so beautiful. So give yourself permission this week to just explore a little bit of what you might want to do if you did have that time, if you did have that space, and just know that you have this desire and this expansive genius and intelligence and creativity inside of you, and that you are already 100% worthy no matter what you do or don't do. And when you can really feel that inside of you, as a sense of self and part of your self-concept that you are already worthy, it becomes easier to accept that permission to slow down and create more space and more possibility. This, my friends, is how we slow down and take back our power in our lives. We start with awareness, then we practice allowance of being in the space, being in the relaxing, being in the being, 
And it's very simple and yet it's not easy. And that's why I highly encourage you to seek out a friend, uh, accountability partner, or a coach who can sit with you with loving objectivity and unpack and unwind your brain with you to see, not out of judgment, not out of fear, not because you have to change or you're broken and you need to be fixed, but because you want to grow, because you want to sprout, because you want to bloom. My friends, I want to give you permission this week to start creating that sprout. And if you're ready, let's bloom. If you want help with this, if you want to see what you truly can create in your life, whether it's more time, more space, more energy, more health, come talk to me, send me a message or email me at info at thriveArena.com. If you're not quite there yet, that's okay. You don't ever need to change, but I want you to know that you can whenever you're ready and I'm here for you. And if you just want to create more time and a pause in there when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling really stressed, when you're feeling really worn down and like you can't go on, or you just want to create more free time, space, energy for yourself, for your family, for your work, for whatever you want, go to the link in the show notes and download your free guide. It's called being a pal to yourself and how to thrive in five minutes or less or five minutes or less per day. I created it just for you to take that first step to creating more space by slowing down. And I promise you won't get stuck in the slowing down. You keep moving forward and then the sky is the limit and that is where you bloom. All right, my friends, have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want more inspiration and stress solutions to feel better and live joyfully, click the link in the show notes to join my email list to get joy delivered straight to your inbox. It is never too late to reclaim your brain and thrive in your life.